0: welcome back everyone
1: hi it's stacy and pete here it's the we don't want to grow up podcast and we are wrapping up our month of spooky season content
0: this has been so much fun
1: I know, I wish every day was Halloween. (laughs) It is for me. So obviously, there's no way that we could begin to cover every scary movie or fun Halloween, whatever, in just a small period of time. So we decided that we would cover who we feel are the top three horror baddies.
0: These, to me, are the iconic baddies. There's way more than what we have here. But these are the like the pillars.
1: Absolutely. And again, we didn't have time to rewatch all of the movies within each franchise. So we focused on watching the first movie in each franchise. Right. So we watched A Nightmare on Elm Street. 1984, directed by Wes Craven, who sadly passed away in 2015. I think we all know it stars Freddy Krueger, portrayed by the great Robert England.
0: And he's just terrorizing the teens of Elm Street. Like he is creeping into their dreams. He starts murdering them. We find out some of their parents know about it. They just so happened to have burned this dude back in the day because he was killing kids. And now he's back.
1: He's back and he's coming after the kids of all of these people that did that to him. And that's the truly scary part about Freddy is that you may be safe while you're awake, but everybody has to sleep sometime.
0: Yeah, just don't go to sleep. Then we watched Friday the 13th from 1980, which was directed by Sean S. Cunningham. Now, this one, I always forget, does not really contain Jason.
1: Not as we know him later.
0: Not as we know him. You get him at the very end. It's a very brief cameo, but it is all about... Mrs. Voorhees.
1: And throughout the movie, we don't know who it is. Right. You know, and then there's a big reveal. But this is the beginning of Jason's story.
0: It is. I mean, basically, it's a bunch of kids at camp. They're at Camp Crystal Lake or Camp Blood, as it becomes known as, where in the 50s, Jason had died because some of the camp counselors were not being attentive and he drowned.
1: They were off bang
0: They were off bang That's where all these rules that we listed in Scream, this is where they start. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, someone, which we find out later is Mrs. Voorhees, is killing and terrorizing the counselors and mayhem ensues.
1: And she's pissed that they reopened the camp. If they hadn't reopened the camp and respected her son... None of this would have happened.
0: Like, I don't know how many Jason movies there are. There are a lot. Like 15 or something.
1: (laughs) We discovered today because we tried to just do recaps of a lot of them that we hadn't seen. And wow.
0: There are a lot.
1: (laughs) We tried to watch Jason takes Manhattan.
0: That was a fail.
1: Listen, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) If you haven't done it, don't do it.
0: Though we did watch what Jason six.
1: Yeah, I think we made it to six.
0: Yeah, because we watched the first one and then summaries of two through five. Well, because
1: last year we watched up to like four, I think. Yeah. So we really just had to catch up on five and then watched all of six.
0: Which was okay.
1: It was okay, except the reviews made it sound like it was better. Yeah. Anyway, the last one that we watched was 1978's eight's Halloween. Directed by John Carpenter. And ironically enough, we watched this yesterday, which was October 15th, while we're recording this. Today's the 16th, but the 15th is also the day that Halloween Kills, the most recent Halloween movie, was released. So we went from the first one to the last one. Obviously, we've watched all of those in between, but it was actually perfect that we rewatched it because we needed that refresher to kind of remember a lot of the stuff that was talked about in this movie.
0: Yeah, it really tied it all together. So we watched the one from 1978, and then we watched a summary of the one from 2018.
1: Which we watched when it came out, but we just needed a refresher.
0: We did. And so that all led in perfectly to Halloween Kills. Like we were up to date and knew exactly what they were talking Mm -hmm. about. It was a good way to get into it.
1: Yes. But Halloween, we follow Michael Myers. We meet him first when he's a child and we see the world through his eyes as his older sister is getting it on with her boyfriend and he's not happy about it. And he takes a knife and stabs her to death. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to him escaping from a psychiatric facility and killing anyone who (laughs) gets in his path.
0: Yeah, I think the point of Michael Myers, as far as John Carpenter was concerned, is that everything was like random. It's like if you get in his way or if you're in his sphere of influence, he's going to kill you.
1: Right. The rules don't really apply for him. Exactly. So he returns to his hometown of Haddonfield and
0: he gets to kill him.
1: Yeah. Basically, he's just kind of reenacting what he did to his sister on a couple of teenagers in the area.
0: And I'd forgotten that he like kills people and then like poses them
1: yes he poses them i had forgotten about that as well
0: very unique
1: very serial Mm -hmm. (laughs) killer-ish and one of those teenagers that he doesn't end up killing is one of our favorite final girls laurie strode played by jamie lee curtis she's babysitting and manages to keep herself safe and the kids she's babysitting
0: she overcomes in the
1: end she does
0: you know what i found out was laurie strode was the name of one of John Carpenter's first girlfriends. <gasps> really? Yes.
1: I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. Fun fact.
0: I wonder if she knows that.
1: <laughs> Who, the girlfriend or Jamie Lee Curtis?
0: I wonder if the girlfriend knows that.
1: I'm sure she does.
0: She's like, hey, that's me, John.
1: It's a little, little popular, so. Yeah, a little bit. Unless she's living under a rock.
0: Which some people do. <laughs> it's time for our award ceremony. The Horror Awards.
1: (laughs) This was actually interesting because normally when we do this, we've watched a lot. And so to choose between three different films was difficult.
0: It was tough because we still do a runner up and a winner. Right. So it's really just like one gets left out.
1: Yes. And I have to say with full transparency, I just really don't know Friday the 13th as well as I know the others. Yes. So that was a struggle for me as well. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So if we
1: we get anything wrong here, say some wrong names, please don't add us. (laughs) (laughs) I truly just, I mean, I think I I sort of watched it as a kid, but the other two were ones that I watched growing up a lot of, and these were ones that I don't know. I just think I don't enjoy it as much.
0: I don't either. Not that first one and probably not the second one.
1: Or the third. Or or the the third. (laughs) fourth. They're just not our fave. (laughs) They're not. That doesn't matter here. Let's get into the awards. The first category is best setting.
0: So my runner up for best setting, Friday the 13th. I thought overall the camp setting was done perfectly. It made me feel like this was a camp that you would go to. Crystal Lake was somewhere where kids were camping and vacationing at times over the summer. I just thought they did all of that very well.
1: My runner up was Haddonfield, Illinois and Halloween. We've talked about this before, but I know it's just, you know, a normal neighborhood. But the way they shoot it, it just feels like fall. It feels like Halloween. It feels authentic. And the leaves are falling legit. Like, we, you know, there's a leaf stuck in Jamie Lee Curtis's hair at one point. You you pointed out you actually like went back and made me see it because I missed it the first time around. Right, And it just has that. I don't know how else to explain it. It feels like Halloween.
0: It does. My winner is Halloween. <laughs> but you know what I found out in my research? This was actually shot in, in California.
1: I knew you were going to say that.
0: All these leaves that we saw, they actually had to go buy leaves and paint them. And they would put them in the scene. They did this movie on a very tight budget. I think it was between two and $300,000 for the whole movie. It ended up grossing like 50 million or something like that. So it was wildly successful as far as an independent movie goes. So they were very tight as far as what they were doing. So they would have to go find all their leaves that they've put on the scene and have like blown away. So I wonder if they like grabbed that one out of Jamie's hair afterwards. Like, oh, Jamie, we need that back. (laughs) But I really appreciate what they did with this movie. Like it just looked like somewhere in Illinois in fall. And it's in the middle of California, probably in the summer.
1: Right. They did a great job with that because I never would have known. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because I I understand the magic of Hollywood, but it really does feel authentic. So good on them.
0: Yeah, it does. You can see some palm trees in the background occasionally. You know
1: what? I feel like maybe when we watched this last night, I was thinking that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, like we were just talking about how this was so authentic and <laughs> felt so real. <laughs> like. And it's actually just the magic. Of California. Right. Yeah. But
0: it's a testament to their abilities to make us think it's somewhere else like that. You know, just yeah. as far as finding the right locations in a different place, mm-hmm. just really, really knocked it out of the park for me.
1: And, you know, what's funny, though, is they filmed the most recent one in Wilmington, North Carolina. Did they? Yeah. But I'm sure that some of that was on set, obviously, like right. with the houses and everything. Mm-hmm. But my best friend knows someone that lives there and like mm-hmm. could see them filming some days, which I thought would be so much fun.
0: So who's your winner?
1: My winner was Camp Crystal Lake from Friday the 13th. Nice. I love a good horror film at a summer camp.
0: Do you think all of these horror movies that started to focus on summer camps had an impact on the attendance of summer camps?
1: You know that's a great thought because while I think that they still exist, I don't think that it's as prevalent as it was when we were growing up.
0: I mean, I never went to one. I went to like vacation Bible school, which was not summer camp.
1: Yeah, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. I went to camp a couple times in the summer and it felt very much like that. And Mm -hmm. I was terrified because I had to go to the bathroom, you know, in this different building. Luckily, as a kid, I didn't have to go to the bathroom as much in the middle of the night as I do now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I remember like having a friend go with me and also being terrified in the showers.
0: Well, I guess we would stay at places that might have been used as camps because I'm familiar with that very thing, like where we were in our, you know, like coachman camper and we would have to go to like the shower house. Mm -hmm. Or if you had to go to the bathroom, you go to the bathroom house or to the outhouses. Everything was like a different house in the woods. Terrifying. Terrifying.
1: Like that's terrifying enough. And then add in a serial killer. Right. Or- a supernatural killer.
0: Yeah, because when you're going to the bathroom at 2 a.m. and you can see your breath, it's kind of scary.
1: Absolutely. If you're going to the bathroom anywhere other to, for me, I <laughs> I'm spoiled having a bathroom inside her bedroom. <laughs> right. So, like, I stayed with my mom uh, last week because you were out of town, and at her house, you know, obviously, like, I'm staying in a bedroom that you know was my sister's growing up, and if I have to go to the bathroom, I have to go down this long hallway to go and. <laughs>
0: Full dislike.
1: I feel like a kid because I'm like, I'm fine when I walk to the bathroom, but when I have to go back to the bedroom, I'm like running down the hallway.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you can't walk backwards because what's behind you?
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I don't think my mom's house is haunted, but I just get freaked out.
0: I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie. I get freaked out when I got to go into her basement and reach around the corner. Yes. To turn the light on blindly. There's like a light switch that's like two feet into the wall. And I'm always waiting for a hand to be sitting there waiting for mine.
1: He told me this the other day and I said, welcome to my childhood. Yes. Like this is the home I grew up in. It was the only home I knew until I (laughs) turned 18 and moved out. Yeah. Every time you went down to the basement and had to reach around to turn that light on and it is pitch black until you hit it because there are no windows down there. Terrifying.
0: If you and our buddy McNair ever wanted to play the ultimate prank on me, you would have him in the basement (laughs) before we got there. waiting for me until you create this situation where I have to go down into the basement and he just grabs my hand I would scream like a, a three-year-old child I would probably come flying up the stairs go out the door and never come
1: back thank you for the idea <laughs> except I want you to come back so I don't know anyway let's get on back on, on with task
0: it. back on task
1: best fashion
0: all right my runner-up is Halloween I'm not going to be specific. I thought the cast overall was dressed very well, especially with this movie being on such a tight budget. Although when I think about it, I wonder if they just told him, hey, bring some clothes out of your wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> but I really loved how the cast was all dressed for that movie.
1: It's funny you mentioned that because my runner up is Laurie Strode in Halloween. I like it. Specifically, her outfit when the main stuff is going on between her and Michael. hmm When she's wearing the high-waisted jeans and the blue blue shirt, down. Yeah. Love that outfit.
0: Very good outfit. All right. My winner, a nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy. (laughs) Nancy's outfits were... What? What are you laughing about?
1: I just love it. You say nightmare. Oh. You're so cute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: A nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy's outfits. Yes. But one in particular. She had this pink sweater vest with like a white long sleeve button up underneath it and some rockin' khakis. (laughs) It was such a great outfit.
1: What I love about it is that I showed you a picture of me at one of my birthday parties. It was probably in 87 or something. Yeah. Mine is brown, but I have darker brown khakis with a brown and white striped button down and a cream color sweater sweater vest vest over it. I'm like, yep, that looks very familiar.
0: <laughs> I've been there.
1: <laughs> and a perm.
0: And a sweet perm and a fantastic smile. You were so happy in that photo.
1: I mean, me and Billy Bob, we were yeah. two peas in a pod.
0: You were. And who is your friend in the photo? Kim. Kim was also very excited.
1: Yes, she is a very supportive friend. <laughs> Hi, Kim, if you're listening. By the way, when I say Billy Bob, I mean Billy Bob of the one and only Showbiz Pizza.
0: Showbiz Pizza.
1: Where a kid can be a kid. That's also Wait, the Chuck E. Cheese I was going to say, song. that's Chuck E. Cheese. Listen, Showbiz was bought out by Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E.
0: Cheese where a kid can be a kid.
1: Showbiz Pizza, where a kid can be a kid.
0: Who had it first, though?
1: I think showbiz. Well, I think it varies from city to city across the nation. Wow. Because when I've posted, people said all different sorts of things. But for me, it was showbiz, and then it turned into Chuck E. Cheese.
0: Wow. Okay. And it was
1: Chuck E. Cheese when I was like a teenager, like middle school and beyond. But elementary school, it was showbiz, and it was Billy Bob with the Rockefeller Explosion Band.
0: I love how you say elementary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love how you say elementary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Nancy's outfits were a lot of fun.
1: Agree. So my winner is also from A Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's Glenn, a.k.a. Johnny Depp. Because how can you ever disregard That football jersey that is a belly shirt with the sweatpants.
0: His belly shirt with the sweatpants. That is the 80s.
1: It is. It's always so like not surprising because I know it happened and I saw it with my own two eyes. But like every time we watch a movie from the 80s and we see a guy wearing a belly shirt, it catches me off guard a little bit because you just don't see that very often these days.
0: Do you think that'll come back?
1: Absolutely. I hope it does. I think it's fun.
0: I mean, I'll wear one. It won't be like a fit belly. It'll just be like a a bowl full of jelly.
1: Stop it. I love (laughs) your belly. Anyway, Johnny Depp, Glenn, and A Nightmare on Elm Street, hands down my winner for best fashion. I
0: like it. That's a good call.
1: He also wears some other great outfits throughout. I believe he also wears a sweater vest at one point with like a polo underneath. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good stuff going on, but that is like the money shot for me in that movie.
0: What I'd forgotten about was he went to school one day with like a pretty standard blue long sleeve button up dress shirt and khakis. Was that cool at one point?
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe if you weren't being forced to wear that, it's considered cool. in right, the Right.
0: Right. Because I had to wear that. I didn't think I was being cool because nobody else that was going to public school had on a dress shirt and khakis. I just don't know. All right. Next up, we have best hair.
1: Okay, my runner up is Annie in Halloween. She's Lori's friend that is also babysitting. Yes. She's babysitting Lindsay, who's Kyle Richards from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, if you Mm -hmm. don't know. But Annie has some great I don't know if it's a perm or natural, but she has some great voluminous curls. It's a short do. And it is giving me Jennifer Grey as baby in dirty dancing vibes. It's like fascinating to me whenever I can see curly hair like that, just standing up so perfectly.
0: And not frizzy.
1: And not frizzy. It's beautiful. Yeah. It was great. Very bouncy. Good job, Annie.
0: Speaking of frizzy, my runner up is Jamie Lee Curtis. She did have a little bit of frizz going on, but I really like that late 70s, early 80s transitionary period from a hair standpoint. And she definitely embodied that period.
1: Agree. I will say her hair wasn't as frizzy as their friend Sandy, Mm. who was talking about getting her hair done before maybe the prom or a party or something like that. Not the prom, but like a dance. Right. But I was like, hopefully they'll give you some good product. (laughs) Because it's just so funny when you watch it back then, it's like they didn't have that kind of product to just, you know, she wanted her hair to be straight. You could tell mm-hmm. she, she really wanted straight hair, but it was just frizzing out. And I relate because if I don't put any product on my hair when it's straight, it frizzes out. Does it? Of course it does. You see it.
0: I don't see it ever. Your hair never frizzes out. It's always gorgeous. Maybe I just don't know that you've got product in it all the time. I just feel like it's naturally beautiful.
1: Well, thank you. I put product in it before I dry it. Really? Yeah. Mm, Me too. (laughs) (laughs) And my winner for best hair is Glenn Johnny Depp in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Really? It's so effortless, but it's so great. I love his hair.
0: I did not like his hair.
1: It's like messy... But it just works.
0: He has great hair in like 21 Jump Street.
1: He has great hair all the time. I love Johnny Depp's hair.
0: I do not like Glenn hair. I
1: do. I don't. That's fine. That's why I chose what I chose and you choose what you choose. Go for it.
0: Agree to disagree. Agree. My winner, the entire cast of Friday the 13th. (laughs) Or should I say all the counselors?
1: I disagree with that, but go ahead.
0: Their hair, I was just talking about that late 70s, early 80s hair. They crushed it.
1: I mean, it's on point, but it is, again, aside from like Alice, who has short hair that lays nicely. Right. Most everybody else has, again, frizzy hair that needs product.
0: Now, I will say this. I hate their hair. (laughs) I just think they nailed the time period.
1: Well, they did because that was the time period. So it was very authentic.
0: Right. And I don't ever want that style to come back. I'm a little nervous because I see some of it coming back now.
1: I mean, mullets are back. Yeah. But I don't know that some of those styles for women would come back just because of the amount of products that we have these days.
0: Right. But the dude hairstyles, (laughs) I don't want those coming back either because I'm just not going to do them.
1: Listen, even if they're back in style, you just do. I'm going to do me. You do you.
0: Yeah. All right. Next category. Most annoying.
1: Okay, my runner up here was Ned from Friday the 13th. But very close runner ups to him are all the other guys in Friday the 13th. Mm. Aside from Kevin Bacon's character, Jack, I liked him.
0: Dude gets brutalized.
1: Yeah, he does. But Ned is just annoying. And like he pulls this prank where he pretends to drown and then does that just so he can make out with the girl that's trying to save him.
0: He almost hits that other girl with the arrow. Like that is really dangerous.
1: Right. He just is kind of pervy and icky, which a lot of them are, Mm -hmm. but to me, he rules all. When the snake is there, he's hiding behind everybody else, not Mm -hmm. there to help. Just no.
0: On the snake front, I think they actually killed a snake. Really? Yeah. There's no way that their special effects were good enough to make that scene look so real when they machete the snake. I'm pretty sure that was a real snake and I feel a little bad for the snake. It didn't do anything other than exist.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll never really know unless we talk to someone who was there.
0: All right. So my runner up for most annoying, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy's mama, Nancy's mother. (laughs) She calls her both. Marge Thompson. Well done, Marge, for being super, super annoying.
1: I was saying to you when we were rewatching it today, there's something about her that almost scares me more than Freddy Krueger.
0: Yeah, she is weirdly spooky.
1: She is. I just don't, I don't like it. And I think I was misremembering because I was thinking that something happened where she like turned into Freddie or Freddie turned into her or something like that, but it wasn't that.
0: No, it's just the, the bed skeleton. It's the
1: (laughs) weird bed skeleton and, and like the ending of the movie. But again, it wasn't what I dreamed up in my head that it was, but yet she still scares me and she doesn't even do anything scary other than being a raging alcoholic. Right. But I don't know. I can't even believe I didn't think of her when I was trying to think of my runner-up and winner.
0: She also holds back way too much information.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like she should know from the get what is going on. Like, oh, you've seen a guy with knife hands with a green and red sweater in your dreams. Everything is not going to be okay. She's telling Nancy, don't worry. I killed him. Here's his glove. I've already killed him, except Nancy's coming out of the dream world with his hat, with with cuts on her, with burns on her. Like, come on, mom, stop being an idiot.
1: It's so frustrating. And her dad, like at least like her mom has the excuse of being a drunk where her dad is a police officer.
0: He should know better.
1: He should. And they both know about Fred Krueger. They do. I hate how they call him Fred. It's Freddie.
0: I hate how they call him Fred as well. (laughs) And Nancy calls him Fred in the movie too. And I don't like it.
1: But then sometimes Freddie, because like the the song is Freddy. Right. One, two, Freddie's coming for you.
0: But when she's yelling for him.
1: She says Fred Kruger. Yeah. The same as she calls her mom, mama and mother, which are two totally different things.
0: Very different.
1: Like, I feel like you're a mama person or you're a mother person.
0: I'm a ma person. Hey, ma.
1: I feel like I used to be mama. Now I'm more mom. Really? But never mother.
0: Mother is very formal to me, but I do know some people that would call their mother, mother.
1: My mom called her mom, mother, mm. which I thought was interesting because I'm pretty sure she was a fun mom. Really? But she just called her mother, mother and daddy. Mother and daddy. I just sounded so Southern when I said that. Mother and daddy. Mother and daddy. Oh, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> My winner for most annoying is Bob Sims from Halloween. Okay. He's, I guess, the boyfriend of Sandy, Lori's mm-hmm. friend, who they hook up in the bedroom in Lori's house or in Tommy's house, I guess, right. where Lori's babysitting. Mm-hmm. And he is just the biggest dehay hay He is. Right after they've had sex. And he is just like, no smile on his face, no look of delight, no look of love, no look of satisfaction. He just looks pissed. And then she's like, are you going to go get me a drink? And he's like, I thought you were going to get me one. Like, he's just a jerk.
0: He is a jerk.
1: Like, that really rubbed me the wrong way when we were watching that yesterday. And I don't know if it ever has before. I don't know if I've ever really paid attention to that before. And I've seen this movie many times. But yesterday, it just really ticked me off.
0: Like, Michael, could you go ahead and just kill this guy, please? Yeah, I mean, it's
1: I was like, all right, well, I know he's about to go down into the kitchen and I'm fine with what's about to happen.
0: Right. Like, post this guy up on the cupboards. I'm cool with it. You earned it, bro.
1: And I could go into more detail about why I think he sucks, but I will leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Try to stay kid friendly here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so my winner for Most Annoying, once again, the entire cast. Of Friday the 13th, or should I say the counselors, (laughs) they are all amazingly annoying, except for Alice. All of them really, really annoy me in different ways, but equally, they all annoy me. So I was glad when they all met their demise. (laughs) (laughs) So well done to the counselors of Camp Crystal Lake for being super annoying.
1: I did have a very small H.M. that went to Annie in Halloween because she just was not a very nice friend to Lori.
0: Yeah, she was very condescending, really mean at times. Yeah, like like
1: Lori's just a nice girl who was not into the same stuff that Annie and Sandy and their other friends are into. And she was basically telling her that, like, she's stupid for that or not -hmm. not cool enough or something. And that bothered me because Lori just seems so nice. And I'm like, you don't deserve her friendship, Annie.
0: Hey, kiddo, welcome to the 70s. <laughs> oh, wait, you were born in the 70s.
1: <laughs> I was born in 79, but at the the end.
0: I'm a child of the 70s. I know what it's like.
1: <laughs> you know what what's like to be mean or to be a nice person?
0: To be so nice and then to have all these mean 70s people around you just being <laughs> so rude.
1: These mean 70s people? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I love that. All right. Next category is most disgusting scene.
0: All right. My runner up for this. This was a tough one for me. I didn't find these movies overly disgusting, but a nightmare on Elm Street when Nancy sees Tina outside of the prison where the bugs are like crawling out of her mouth and there's like worms or snakes at her feet.
1: Yeah, it's pretty gross. Yes, I agree. Both of mine are actually from A Nightmare on Elm Street. So are mine. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> so my runner-up is when Freddie says to Nancy, "I'm your boyfriend now." When she's on the phone, <laughs> and then suddenly there's a tongue.
0: The tongue there, comes out licking her. The Freddie tongue. Yeah, yeah that is pretty gross. That
1: always grossed me out. Yeah.
0: My winner, also from A Nightmare on Elm Street, when Freddie slices his side open and you get the maggots and the green pus coming out. Super gross.
1: Agree, because my winner is when Freddy cuts his skin open and maggots and green stuff comes out. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's something that when we were watching, we both audibly said, Ew,
0: ew, ew, gross. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next category. Who is the most awesome in any of these movies?
1: <laughs> most awesome? Well, this is hard, but my runner up is Lori Strode. She used the weapons when she had them against Michael. She used the sewing needle quickly. She thought quick on her feet. She did. She used the knife when she had it. She did make the mistake of dropping the weapon, which we should know
0: twice. Don't she drop did that. the
1: weapons.
0: Don't drop the knife right next to the Killer. murdering psychopath. Who may dead. or may not be dead. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Granted, that was her first encounter with him. So she didn't know that he was immortal
0: the first time, right? But then five minutes later, <laughs> you're going to make the same mistake.
1: <laughs> but listen, like I said before, she kept those kids safe. She managed to stay alive. Nobody else did. So good honor. And she's still. Going strong. Oh, spoiler alert! She well, is. we know she's still in this most recent movie, Halloween Kills. Yeah,
0: you can see the cover art. It's not a spoiler on our part, really.
1: So, shout out to Laurie Strode.
0: Nice work. My runner-up, or should I say runners-up, for most awesome—it's a tie between Laurie and Alice.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I would have done that too, except I just had to choose. Listen, so, yeah, me too. Lori and Alice. No, I'm tired.
0: breaking the rules. I broke the rules first. <laughs> Listen, Laurie- Okay, Lori-
1: okay, okay. I'll save it for my HM.
0: <laughs> Lori deals some good hits on Michael Myers. I like it. She's really afraid in the beginning, right? She's not really doing anything, but like you said, she gets into it early. Like she takes that sewing needle, she jams him. She gets some good hits on him. And I like that. And then Alice, Alice beheads Mrs. Voorhees.
1: Yeah, she does.
0: Like, it doesn't get more final than that. (laughs) Like, end game for Mrs. Voorhees. So well done, Alice. I couldn't leave her out of this.
1: My winner is Nancy Thompson in A Nightmare on Elm Street. I love her determination to get Freddie. She's a young, I mean, they're all young. The final girls in all of these are young. They're probably 17, 18 years old. But she is very smart and pretty quickly figures out, at least she thinks, How she can defeat him, even though her best friends, her boyfriend are all killed back to back to back. She figures out like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is how I trick him. I bring him into the real world and kill him. And she's got this whole like home alone plan before home alone. (laughs) Yes. You know, her parents were of no help to her, even though they should have been. Useless. Useless. And she was unafraid. She took matters into her own hands and it didn't end up working out.
0: Not really in the end.
1: She survived. She's in the next movie, but like we thought it was done, but it wasn't done.
0: It was not Jun.
1: But we'll get into that in a minute. We will. Make sure you say Jun again, like Jersey Shore. (laughs) Jun. Little Sammy (laughs) sweetheart there for you.
0: So, my winner for most awesome, for all of the reasons you stated, Nancy. From a Nightmare on Elm Street, she is the bravest out of all of them. What I put here, great work with what you termed as the Home Alone house. Yes, of horrors. Yep, <laughs> she did so well. Like to think ahead and be like, how can I get this guy? How can I get Fred Krueger?
1: <laughs> she did great. She did. And my HM goes to <laughs> Alice from Friday the That's 13th. not allowed.
0: There's no HM. <laughs> yes,
1: there are. <laughs> she did do a great job and. I mean, beheading Mrs. Voorhees right away because let me tell you, Mrs. Voorhees creeps me out. She might creep me out more than Jason, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, because Jason, he's just like a tank, right? Like he's just an unstoppable tank. He's not overly scary. Occasionally, he'll be like in a window, and that that is scary.
1: Jump scares,
0: right? Jump scares occasionally, but most of the time it's just he's so powerful. She was creepy and sneaky. That or, look
1: in her eyes, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't want to be on the other end of that. Mm -mm. All right. Next category, Best Kill.
0: So for me, my runner up, Friday the 13th, Kevin Bacon, Arrow Through the Neck.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was almost my pick for Most Disgusting Scene.
0: That was very close on my list as well because it was pretty nasty. But, I mean, it was just so visceral. Like, it felt... Real when yeah. you see it and you're just like,
1: whoa. If like you watch even it now. as it pokes through the skin yeah. and through the bed. Oh awful. Man, did that actor go far?
0: He really did.
1: <laughs> okay, my runner-up, Tina, in a nightmare on Elm Street. Very early on in the movie, but very impactful because it's the first time we see Freddie Kill and we see what he can do if you're sleeping.
0: It is rough.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously it carries over. We find out that if he kills you in your dreams, you're dead in real life. Mm -hmm. And I thought there were some great effects here where he is dragging her up the wall and across the ceiling. And then we get just blood everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, I just think that that's one of the most memorable moments across these three movies.
0: So this movie, I believe, had the first rotating set. So they used that for that kill, but they also used it for Glenn's kill, which is my number one. (laughs) The fountain of blood that goes from the waterbed up to the ceiling is incredible visually.
1: Agreed.
0: Poor Glenn.
1: Poor Glenn. I still
0: don't understand how in 18 minutes when he knew he had to be awake and his mom had come in, woken him up and said, go to bed. (laughs) <laughs> go to bed, Glenn.
1: That was so annoying as he's laying in bed. Yeah.
0: Like you need to go to sleep. It's like, mom, I was asleep. You just woke me up.
1: She didn't want him to go to bed with the TV and the radio and all that going on.
0: I mean, I get it with the headphones. You should not go to sleep with headphones on at a high volume. It's not good for your ears. But the visuals of that scene are second to none.
1: Agree. Because my winner is also Glenn's death in A Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: That's a home run.
1: It is. Not only because it's Johnny Depp, because obviously he's like the biggest star to come out of all of this, Mm -hmm. but that scene is just, just everything about it. It's so 80s. You've got his outfit, like I mentioned before, with his belly shirt. He's laying on a Mm waterbed. He's got this big TV In his lap.
0: Black and white.
1: Yeah. He's got his headphones and he's supposed to be staying up, but he's falling asleep and he's breathing heavy. And then you watch as Freddy's claw comes up out of the waterbed and just sucks him into a hole inside that waterbed. That alone is terrifying. It is. I had a friend, my next door neighbor had a waterbed. And every time I sat on it, I thought about Freddy Krueger. (laughs) (laughs) But then when you see the volcano of blood... You know, that goes and hits the ceiling. It's just so visually <laughs> shocking and memorable, especially right. for that time.
0: And do you know what I found out? It was a callback to The Shining.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: The elevator scene yes. with the blood coming out. Right. He was referencing that. when he Oh, did
1: that's it. fun. Yeah. Another great moment with blood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rivers of blood.
1: I did have an HM, which was Jack. Kevin Bacon and Friday the 13th. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to make sure it was mentioned in case you didn't mention it, but there you go. Next up, best ending.
0: Okay. My runner up, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the Freddy car, and Nancy's mom slash doll getting pulled through the window (laughs) because it is obviously a dummy that gets pulled through that window. Yeah. I love how Wes Craven surprised the kids. Because they didn't expect that to come down on them so quickly.
1: Oh, so, so that's an authentic reaction. That's
0: an authentic reaction. I like it. And it's just such a fun moment where you're just like, oh, my God, Freddie has won and <laughs> you're all going to die.
1: Yep. My runner up. Let me read this word for word. The end of a nightmare on Elm Street. The car. The mom <laughs> getting dragged through the window and <laughs> the door by Freddie. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very impactful. Like and you also have like this moment where you think Nancy, even though her mom has just weirdly died in the bed, she's like, no, this is all a dream. And she thinks that she knows how to defeat him. She's not afraid of him anymore. And she thinks he just disappears when he's trying to attack her. She walks out the door, followed by her mother, who's fine and suddenly doesn't want to drink alcohol anymore. Beating it. And they're talking about how it's so bright. And it is. It all looks very light and bright and way different than it looks in the real world.
0: A little foggy. A
1: little foggy. And they call it
0: out just like, oh, that's going to burn off as the sun comes up.
1: Yep. And then all of her dead friends roll up, mm-hmm. which she should know right then. Like the moment you see them, it's already a little weird. But the moment you see them, you're like, oh, no, she's dreaming. And then, you know, she gets in the car and then we see when the roof comes down and it's striped like Freddie's sweater.
0: He's in trouble.
1: Yeah. And then the whole thing with the mom through the window in the door, just ridiculous, but impactful.
0: Yes. Totally agree. Obviously. (laughs) All right. My winner, Friday the 13th, when Jason finally appears, he jumps out of the boat and he grabs Alice and pulls her into the water. That moment has always scared me. So overall, it's just, I know it's not the real ending of the movie. They then skip to like where she's in the hospital. But to me, that's the ending of that movie.
1: Yeah like I said earlier, Friday the 13th is not one that I remember in detail like I do the others. Right. But that moment is one that I will never forget. And that is also my winner. (laughs) It's like the best jump scare ever. Yeah. (laughs) Because you don't expect it. Like nice music is playing. She's floating. Like the sun has come up. She survived this awful night of terror. She's killed the murderer, she thinks, you know. And then you have Jason... As a child who looks terrifying, Mm -hmm. jump out of the water and pull her down. Like, how can you ever forget that?
0: It's peaceful right up into the point where he leaps out of the
1: water. Yeah. And it's crazy because I think almost every time I watch it, I forget that that's not real and Mm -hmm. that she was just hallucinating or whatever. Right. Because she's in the beginning of the second movie.
0: Which is a trope that they use through quite a few of the first few movies.
1: Yeah. I think they should have just nipped it right there.
0: That to me is the ending. Her in the boat with Jason leaping over the edge is the ending of the movie. And then the studio was like, hey, we might want more movies. Attach this onto the end of it.
1: Yeah. I will say it really doesn't make sense to me that Jason is a child when he dies. And then suddenly he's a grown man in the next movie. Right. Make it it make sense.
0: It doesn't make sense. (laughs) But also Jason in like number six is revived by lightning. So, make that make sense. (laughs) Okay. So, overall, rate these movies from your least favorite to your most favorite.
1: Okay. It shouldn't be much of a surprise on my end. Friday the 13th is my least favorite. Next up is Halloween. And my favorite is A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I know that that is so funny, if you know me at all, because you know I used to be so freaking terrified of Freddy Krueger. But I just think that's the most fun movie, so I choose it.
0: Listen, you have conquered Freddy. I have. You own your dreamscape now.
1: I'm like Nancy.
0: You are like Nancy, without the silver streak in your hair. Right. And for me, my rating follows yours exactly. (laughs) My third place is Friday the 13th. My second place is Halloween. My first place is A Nightmare on Elm Street. And for me, just like from an enjoyment factor, as far as the first movie goes, I do enjoy the first Nightmare on Elm Street a little bit more than I enjoy Halloween, but it is actually quite close. Yeah. For me, they're both quite a bit better than Friday the 13th, but those two are very, very close.
1: You know what I didn't remember until we just rewatched Halloween is that there is a very large lull. Where nothing happens.
0: It's slow at times.
1: There is a lot of movie before there are kills.
0: Yeah, it's kind of compacted into like 10 minutes of chaos. Yeah, like Lori just like finding these bodies everywhere. It is very compacted. It's a scary compacted part.
1: Yes, it's not boring because you feel nervous and uncomfortable through all of that. Yeah. But it just takes a while for the action to happen.
0: Right. Yeah, I totally agree on that front.
1: So which of these would you choose to continue to watch more of? And I know that they're still giving us some. Obviously, we just watched Halloween. But like, yeah, just which of these would you want more of?
0: Outside of like the modern interpretations of them, I still would be more prone to watch Halloween. I just like the setting and feeling of that one the most out of all of them. I didn't like that particular first movie the most, but I feel like there's more story to be had there in comparison to the other ones.
1: Well, if Robert England would be Freddy, I would want more of A Nightmare on Elm Street. But I think he hung up his hat. You know, they've done a remake with a new person as Freddy. And I would be really interested to see what they would do in this day and age with him as Freddy.
0: Right. Like, if it was Robert England, I might change my answer. But I know they stopped using him at one point. Yeah. But I also know where the Freddy movies went back in the 80s. They did
1: take a turn.
0: They did take a turn, and it was a bit cheesy for the time. So that's why I lean more towards Halloween.
1: I agree. I mean, listen, I wasn't totally pleased with the new one. But overall, though, it was still a good time.
0: There were parts that were very Halloween-ish, and then there were parts that were not. But there were sections of that movie that were a good time of the new one.
1: If I could talk about it without spoiling it, I would. But there are reasons why I didn't love it.
0: Yeah. Go watch it and make your own determination. We don't want to spoil it for you.
1: <laughs> but yeah. And that is the difference because like anybody can play Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees mm-hmm. because they're behind a mask. Right. I mean, Freddie is a personality. And I think that that's why he's more interesting to me because, you know, he can talk to you. And which is why, I mean, he terrified me as a kid because he could right. talk to you. Exactly. But like, that's what makes him a more compelling villain in my mind.
0: And they wanted to differentiate him from those other baddies. Right. By making it a character that had a personality that did talk, that had lines and was menacing from a different angle. Yes. So I think they did that well. I feel like there's lots of actors that could play Freddy. I don't know that they would do as good of a job as Robert Englund did, but it's just finding that right personality to pass the torch to.
1: I'd have to rewatch the remake, but I still feel like they missed the mark on that.
0: I do as well. I don't know if it was the actor The writing, the directing, whatever it was, that movie was not great.
1: But let's be real. I mean, Wes Craven's no longer with us, so I don't know if they'll ever, you know, be able to recapture.
0: It'll come back, but I don't know if they'll recapture it. Yeah. So let's find out what your favorite moment is from each movie.
1: All right. So from Friday the 13th, I decided that if I can't use the jump scare at the end where Jason pops up out of the water. Mm hmm. It's got to be the interaction between Mrs. Voorhees and Alice where they're fighting and it results in Alice decapitating Mrs. Voorhees. It's I like just it. Such a great battle. And I love that it's two women and all the men are out of it, even though that changes in the next one. But right. I just really enjoy that.
0: I also enjoy that because my favorite moment from Friday the 13th is when Mrs. Voorhees gets the chop. <laughs> when Alice lops her head off. I love it. It's just like, what? Good job. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly what you should have done in that instance.
1: The only choice. What's your favorite moment from Halloween?
0: So when Lori finds all of the bodies.
1: Oh, yes.
0: That is like the start of all the fun. And then in that same section, she's up against the wall. There's a closet behind her that's open. And then you just see Michael's face. Oh, (laughs)
1: yes, so
0: perfect. I love it.
1: I can't believe like last night we were watching it and I was talking to you as, you know, we do when we're watching scary movies. That's like the only time it's acceptable right. for us to be talking through a movie. Mm-hmm. But when he appears, it's like there was no jump and there was no scream. But it's just like there is, you know, like he just slowly appears, slowly
0: appears from the shadows. And you're it's like, so oh, Lori, you got problems.
1: <laughs> and the only reason it's not super scary is because I've seen it a lot, you know? Yeah. My favorite moment from Halloween, I really enjoy the moments in the beginning of the movie Mm. when Michael first sees Laurie through the door when she has to like drop the key off at his family's home. Yeah. And you just hear him breathing and you know he sees her. And then he starts following her around like when she's at school and she's in class and she looks out the window and he's standing there with the car just staring at her. Mm -hmm. Like that's so creepy. And you don't really at this point know what this guy is up to.
0: And yeah, I love that part when Lori's with her friends and they're walking and Michael passes by in that car and they yell at him and he stops. Yes. That's like the biggest fear for me from that period of time. Right. Because I can remember me and my sister, we were out in the winter playing at night and we were throwing snowballs at cars and we hit one and the car stopped. Oh no. And you talk about the scariest moment of my childhood is probably right then. Because we like hightailed it back behind our house and into (laughs) our house. And we were so scared because that car stopped.
1: That is terrifying. (laughs) But also you deserved it.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, it was a good throw. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) So my favorite for A Nightmare on Elm Street, Glenn's death scene in the waterbed. That upside down like set scene is so memorable. Visually seeing all of that red water come out of the waterbed, hitting the ceiling and like his mom walks in. She's like,
1: oh my God.
0: It's crazy. So well done.
1: Agree. Because again, my favorite moment, (laughs) the whole Johnny Depp scene was just so memorable.
0: It was. (laughs) I think it's good for me that I hadn't watched this movie because my best friend growing up had a waterbed and I would sleep over all the time Mm -hmm. on this waterbed. And I never had that fear, thankfully.
1: Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. You can't mention favorite moments of that movie and not think of that, even though it like sucks that he dies because he's a cute boy. But like, it's just so good. And he's supposed to be staying awake and he's let his girlfriend down again.
0: All you had to do was stay awake, Glenn. Like she's been up for a week. You haven't skipped a night of sleep. You can't stay up for a couple minutes. It's like 10 minutes, Glenn.
1: So selfish. That's what you get. Look what you did, you little jerk.
0: (laughs) You little jerk.
1: I do have to say that also, (laughs) this is creepy, but when Freddie puts his claw up between Nancy's legs when she's in the bathtub, it's so pervy. It is. But I mean, he doesn't touch her and like nothing happens in that moment really. Well, it does happen because she gets dragged down. But when you first see it, her eyes are closed and she has no idea. And that's just an audience moment. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just like, (sighs) and it's like, ooh, because it's between her legs and it's, pervy, but it's a moment in the movie that sticks out in your mind when you think of it.
0: Agreed. Like from a camera angle, like the whole shot is framed to make you feel exactly how you feel.
1: Yes. And this movie is not the typical 80s horror film because it doesn't just have boobs everywhere. Mm -hmm. But when this moment happens, you just don't know what you're about to see. So it's it just leaves an impression.
0: It does. I totes agree. (laughs) Well we have now finished these movies. We've covered them. We've put them in their little blanket, their cozy little blanket. They are covered. <laughs> they deserve it. Little Freddy, little Jason, little Michael, they're all
1: tucked in their beds. They're all
0: tucked in their beds or swaddled. <laughs> Just their little baby heads <laughs> with their knife hands and their machete and their their kitchen knives.
1: So cute.
0: So adorable.
1: <laughs> now we can sing the sweet lullaby.
0: praise God.
1: Sweet dreams, everybody. Good night. So if you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. You can join our Facebook group, which has changed names. It is now called The Cozy Club-Fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. We're slowly growing over there. We have some great mods, Joanna and Stephanie, that are helping us out, starting conversations. So come over there. It's a good time. It is. We're on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up. You can email us at grow up at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support the podcast and all of our other endeavors, you can become a member of our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up there. You can gain access to bonus episodes and soon to be extra content. Another way you can support us is by giving us a five star rating. If you listen on Apple Podcasts and leaving us a nice review, you may listen on other platforms and maybe there's another way that you could rate us or review us there. So if there is, please do so. Those numbers do matter, so if you could do that, we would really appreciate it. Also, you could help spread the word by sharing about it with your friends and family and on your social media platforms with your followers.